And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And his name that sat on him was Death. And hell followed with him. All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode two of the Four Horsemen. We've got Gannicus Myers, Paul Elliott, Adam McKernley, and me, Leo Stewart, here. And today we're going to go ahead and cover a little bit more of a deeper topic than we discussed last week. We're going to uh, cover something that was kind of inspired by one of Adam's social media posts. We're going to go over what exactly it is to be a real man. Some of the things that, uh, you know, stick out in our minds and some of the shortcomings we're seeing in society today. Then uh, we figured we'd follow up with a few questions and answer segments from some of the questions you guys posted throughout the week after episode one. So without further ado, how's everyone doing tonight, boys? Feeling good, mate. I'm doing great, man. (laughs) Pretty pretty shitty past couple days, man, but, you know, it's all wrapping up and figuring itself out. So all good in the hood. All right. Sounds good. So, uh, Adam, why don't you tell us how you are today? I'm, I'm wonderful. I'm, I'm doing very well. I've had a good week. Um, but I really think we need to get into a more pressing topic and ask Paul what he's wearing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Paul, what are you wearing? Uh, well, the gauntlet was thrown down. And it was, uh, you know, if we get 75 listens on our debut, that I would do this episode nude. So I'm stark naked right now, holding on to my tomahawk for dear life because it gives me a feeling of power because otherwise I'd just be staring down at my penis, which looks like a frightened turtle, like just a okay, tiny, so tiny, know, frightened turtle. what you meant by your tomahawk because, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm pretty sure we all that know that the people not, what they want. Day, it does not strike fear to the heart of your enemies. So. <laughs> you know what's going on here. Yeah, so start right, asking. So everyone's week is good. Absolutely. All right, boys, well, let's get started with the uh, the first question. All right, so who was the first person in your life that you can remember thinking like, "Man, that's who I want to be like when I grow up." Like that is a man. Like who was that person that you decided that you wanted to model your life after? And it can be more than one person. Paul starts off. Well, uh, for me, it's that uh, that classic boy answer, man. My dad, fucking Marine, cop, huge mountain of a man, six foot five, just a big ass motherfucker. Good guy. Um, was, you know, could walk into any room and you could take him anywhere with you. Like, it doesn't matter if you're going in for peace or war, you know. And so just seeing that growing up as a young man, it was just like, yeah, I, you know, I want to emulate that. Outstanding. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> Man, uh, for me, uh, uh, my grandfather, my grandfather, um, uh, he, he's one of those all-around individuals that you just you never see him back down from anything. Not not a challenge, not a person, not not a problem that he's facing. Anything. Um, I mean, he he's also built like like a whiskey barrel. You know what I'm saying? Like he grew up in California, but then like moved to Arkansas and he spent 
years and years working on the railroad and stuff, man. Like he, he's a stout dude and like, not just physically, but mentally, like he's a mental giant too. I've never seen him even really even flustered by something. Um, Just one of those people that had a presence. Absolutely. Yeah. Like he, when he walked into a room, he owned that room without even speaking. Um, And then other than him, I'd have to say like, one one of my uncles too, like he kind of kind of the same uh, persona, like just you know, a little bit more idealistic and things like that. A um, little less hard headed in areas where he, you know, where my grandfather was because he's got that old time mentality. Um, so it's a, kind of a fine mix between uh, my uncle and my grandfather. Nice. Do you feel like as you went through your life, you know, it, it changed? Like you met other people, you know, was it always that base or did, you know, your perception change as you grew older? Um, I would have to say, man, like I, I pick up small traits that I would want to emulate from other people, but never like never did I find anybody else that I wanted to emulate or build myself off of, you know, that structure of somebody else. Like I just, you know, picked up what I wanted when I seen it from wherever, you know, and use that to make my own structure, like my build my own foundation, you know? Yeah. Hell yeah. Adam, who was yours? Yeah. I'm going to go with the similar thing that everyone's going to be my daddy. Um, just a big motherfucker. Um, was a, a boxer over here. Fucking Lumberjack, a farmer, just a good human, human really. Um, All right, so I would have to say the same thing. I mean, my dad wasn't really a part of my life, so I'd have to kind of piggyback more off again because, it, you know, my grandfather was definitely my father figure. And he wasn't necessarily a mountain of a man, but he was a hard man. And you could tell that he lived his entire life by a code. And... I don't know, man. Like, I wouldn't even say we were that close. But you could just tell that the, the level of respect that the man commanded just with it, the weight of his words. He never yelled. He never talked loud. He never needed to. And I just thought, you know, someday yeah. I want to be like him. So with that said, we've all kind of gone over what our first influences were like. I mean, I, I see quite a few similarities with – you know, each and every one of our stories. Like, I think that we could take this now and we could almost develop like a, a foundation, a platform for for what it is that we're looking for in a real man. So I think maybe now would be a good opportunity to like pull apart a couple of things from those individuals that like really resonated with you. So Paul, why don't you start us off? What is the one thing you remember the most that stuck out in your mind. I would say that uh, the whole defender and protector piece, you know, there was never a time where you would feel unsafe when dad was around. And uh, it just set a precedent in my life just of having that, that safety, that security uh, and that trust knowing like there's, I've got a sheepdog by my side for, you know, through those formative years of life, it was just very important. Yeah, absolutely. I would have to, you, man. 
it, it's a couple of different things, really, I guess. Um, it was more since not that uh, a sense of safety feeling. Um, it was more of a, um, you know, you're not going to be there alone. Kind of um, like it, no matter what it was going to be, like you knew that you had somebody beside you. Um, even if that was to fail with you or succeed with you, no matter what it was, like you weren't going to be left alone. Mm. Absolutely. What about you, Adam? I would say probably um, hard work. You know, my dad really instilled a, a work ethic in me and then that's pretty much got me through my whole life. Just if you want something, you work for it. You, you value something, you work at it. It's just been what I've always tried to do and, and try and instill in my daughter, even from her early years, Absolutely. that you've got to work for I would have to say the life. one thing I got from my grandfather was uh, tenacity, man. Like, you listen to his story of him and my grandmother, and, man, they won and lost fortunes. They lived in mansions. They lived in trailers. Like, And I just knew that, like, no matter what happened, like, an atom bomb could blow up the entire, you know, Whatever. My grandfather would build something and we'd yeah. be okay. We'd, we'd have made it through, you know? All right. So we've gone over some of the people that oh, were yes. real in our lives. What are some fictional characters that you guys came across growing up? You know, your favorite cowboys, <laughs> your favorite superheroes. What were some of them? You know what? This watched? was so easy for me because right off the bat, just without even a question, it was Mad Mardigan from the movie Willow. Like, just roguish and devilishly handsome stands up for those who need it you know like uh the greatest swordsman who ever lived just that was uh that was something i wanted to be about it <laughs> man the dread pirate roberts hell yes whoa you got stop you got tenacity you got somebody who's gonna whip adam's ass <laughs> absolutely what about you adam favorite fictional character who was a man's man uh-huh. uh, rooster cogburn fucking that motherfucker so you're talking john wayne and you know i, I, I was really going you just said Alicia Cuthbert, this and i actually which, I mean, I'm down with from the untouchables sean connery's character now that <laughs> dude i just watched that the other day again man dude her and the girl next door Ooh, i spilled some steam over the middle of that movie fuck you oh steaming pods going everywhere i could have sworn that the first thing he said was alicia cuthbert Yeah, <laughs> it, it may be. It may have been fucking even when she, was, <laughs> even when she was a daughter in twenty four. Oh man! All right, so mine was Cheyenne Bodie. He's uh, it was played by Quint, Clint Walker, and it's uh, an old black and white western. And my favorite thing is he always finds himself in like shitty situations, but he always tries to do the right thing, and some girl always falls in love with him. But at the end of the episode, he's got to ride on down the trail. <laughs> I always thought that was uh, pretty metal. <laughs> hey man, just sounds like he was throwing up some mad. Boys, 
I'm standing on my porch right now, and I just saw the most metal nice. shooting star that I think I've ever seen in my life. I think it's the sign of the, uh, the apocalypse. <laughs> At least we're all here. We're on time. <laughs> right? Everyone's assembled. Um, okay. But anyways, um, all right. So what are some of the main characteristics of being a man in Europe? I would go ahead and uh... – after that defender and protector piece, um, I think a man needs a sense of purpose. And that doesn't mean like you got your five-year plan mapped out. But I mean, even if you're being full-on hippie and backpacking fucking Europe, like be about something, like have some kind of drive to burn for, or else it's just a wave at sea, you know, like there's nothing motivating you, you know, drive work ethic, as Adam talked about, like it's so important uh, to provide both for yourself and anyone you're responsible for, or at least to be trying. It doesn't mean at all that you have to have all them dollars or to be like the highest in your class, but just the fact that you're fucking right working for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. And one of the things that I think is super strange, and you know, we'll kind of open this up to more of a discussion uh, versus, you know, us going in the line and answering questions. But, uh, do you guys find it interesting that, like, young men today seem to, like, not know how to do, like, the little shit, like, their own fucking laundry or, like, going right. – making sure that their insurance is paid? Dude, I don't like, know, man, but my mom needs to get over here and do my laundry because it is piling up. <laughs> God damn it, kid. <laughs> Dude, I think it comes – it comes down to like things just being too accessible for people. Like why the fuck are you going to pay your kid the money lawn when you can get some fucking for 10 bucks to come do it and brings his own mower? Why would you pay your, get your kid the I'm, I'm right there oil with you on that you one, Adam, come do but it. like it's I think it's more the instant gratification more, more like the way you explained it. Like people don't want to work for anything anymore. People want the instant gratification. Like I want it now. And are we teaching kids this? Because mm-hmm. I feel like there's a huge gap between people like us who were raised by men. Now, honestly, it can't just honestly, be the four of us. What I think I it is, is it, it's but- the age of the cell phone, the the uh, internet, the social media, and shit. Everything that is like does give you that instant gratification. Um, that is as, incredibly like, true. Like shit out of each other fucking in the yard versus you know yeah. texting each other from the same room the fair point absolutely i i think also it's a mark of the baby boomer gener- generation like it was a mark of success to be able to have someone do for you you know what i mean so it's like you yeah. change my oil i don't have to do it because i'm successful yeah. so you change my goddamn oil because you're the type of guy mm-hmm. who changes oil i'm the type of guy that makes money bam and so but you know what? If I went out and I mowed the fucking lawn and I changed my grandmother's oil, mm-hmm. I got Hell yeah. a week. And back then, that was a lot of fucking money. And right, I dude. I got to mow my. I, got, I had the pleasure of mowing my own yard yeah. and like doing my own dishes and shit like that, and getting to eat the, that week. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, but those are all things that like instill something in you. You know what I'm saying? And I just I don't understand where the gap came from. I guess because it's. It's too broad to have just fucking like happened, you it's know. The and rise I, of the I, I wonder age. if people like us need to take. Said so it's the rise of the technological what? age, man. Like it's that instant gratification that everybody gets from 
the social media sources and sites, the, you know what I'm saying? Like kids having cell phones and texting and stuff like that at like eight, nine, 10 years old. Like not having to have like, cause also like even back when we were growing up to get a hold of each other, we either had to like try to call, like that's if like somebody wasn't on the computer then because we had dial up and if somebody was on the computer then the phone. <laughs> so generally what we had to do was walk to each other's houses and just hope someone was there. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing nomadic tribes of children on bicycles. God, I yeah. remember growing up, we were like eight deep, <laughs> and we would like, no one would ever fuck with a group of kids that deep because they'll Rolling fuck. strong oh, and riding yeah. dirty. Around a mic, well. mountain bike, some shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. But before we bag on <laughs> technology too much, let's just say thank you for how much mm, easier yeah. it's been for, uh, I mean, to get titties. Yeah. I guess. I guess you know. Fuck. Every uh, every cloud of silver Imagine lining, right? Pussy, you guys would have been slain. You guys would have been put uh, slain bulk pussy back in your high school days if you back had in the day. The it, cell Indian men just have Tinders to come from India and all that shit back in the day. But now it's just fuck. You'd have to ring a. Bitch. I'm just saying, Herbie's right? gonna be the least of my worries if Tinder existed when I was in high school. <laughs> You'd have to ring a dick up and hope a dad gets the phone on the fucking land. Fuck, it was scary. If you did, you'd have to hang up. Right. I'm trying to, I'm trying to table. Get off the phone. <laughs> All right. So, what oh, do you fuck. think some of the things that we could do, uh, you know, being part of that generation? to maybe mentor or reach out to people and let them know how things should be. Well, uh, the perception I'll, of what my, one of my favorite bands, uh, Boba Flex, and they say in their song, Turn the Ooh. Heat Up, that if you want to save this country, then kill all the teenagers. <laughs> huh. I mean, it's dark, but I like it. Saying, then they go on to say, spread your black wings we'll fly above the again. smoke rings, burn them up, burn up. <laughs> I can dig it. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so, uh, fuck. Um, in your guys' opinions, what do you guys think of masculinity in today's culture? What's your perception versus? What is society's perception of masculinity? Because I, I tell you what, I gave like a lot of thought to this one because I uh, like, I was thinking about hipster yes. dudes in East Nashville or, or Bucktown, Chicagoland, or thinking about good old cowboys in Oklahoma out there riding rodeos and all this type of shit. And a man is a man, like they. I did, I did indeed. But uh, I'm not, I'm not one who judges like that. Where it's like, did well, he's got high? bigger muscles and Ooh, he rides a horse, so he's more of a man than that guy over mm-hmm. there who sits in a Parisian coffee shop and writes poetry. I don't judge it by that. But I think like the, the qualities that that we've discussed, both like on the cast and like over Messenger this week, we were talking about stuff like courage, not the absence of fear, but standing in the face of fear and moving forward. Like shit like that can be exemplified and should be exemplified by a man. 
you know? And, and so I believe masculinity is, I, I believe there is an assault upon it. However, I'm not one who cries about it as loudly and as ragingly as others do. I just like, I'm aware of it. I also feel that men are like fucking goonies. We never say die. So we will arise and spread masculinity. <laughs> like, like, you know. I, I think what the, I think what the problem is, or the disconnect at least is, today, and even like with our generation, a lot of people, like they have the idea of masculinity fucked up from the start. They think that it is like that macho shit, like, oh, you know, fucking, I'm the baddest motherfucker on the block and so on and so forth. Like, oh, this guy's over here, country, that's fucking gay. Like, what are you, a bitch? No, nah, man. Like, yeah. being a fucking man and being masculine or what the fuck ever is doing what the fuck you want to do and having goddamn shame about it. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? I'm, I do what I like to do, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to let anybody sway me because of their opinion because, you know, their opinion shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, like don't let anybody down because somebody else is, like, trashing yeah, what it, it is you like why to do. To, to me, that's masculinity. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, so you could almost tie into the fact that with the rise of the technological age, that no, that's it's good. almost atrophy, yeah. and we are attacking each other because because things are changing, so, right? We're not saying that masculinity is dying; we're saying that it's changing. I wouldn't even say that. Like, what I'm changing. saying is like people's and people's outlook of, as a whole. Like, and it's not just the newer uh, group of people coming up. It's not just our fucking era. It's also the fucking yeah. ones before us and the ones before that. I think people just have it fucked up from the start. Interesting thought, man. I like that. What about you, Adam? What do you think? Well, you know, my perception is that it's fucking okay to be a man. You know, that, that seems to be a problem to be told that being being a man today is not a good thing at times. You know, it, it's not something you need to be ashamed of. And, you know, if you want to cry in movies, God cry in those right. fucking movies. If you want to have a cat, have a fucking right? cat. Like, if you want to wear skinny my business jeans, if you like your balls bitch. plastered to the side of your leg all day. Fucking jeans. You rock those. Balls, they be there. But, you know, but always be who the fuck you are. Like See, Adam, like me and you are. That's page, what it gets man. down to. And don't be a little fucking bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think we've got a gender problem. I don't think we've got a gender problem. I think we have a fuckhead problem. That's what the issues come down to. Some people are just yeah. fucked up in the head, no matter what gender, no race, color, or creed they are. A cunt is a cunt, no matter what. It's it's like uh like Daniel Tosh, I believe it was, and you know, in one of his stand up. Like you know, back in the day, we used to call people fucking. We, we used to tell people they were faggots. We weren't we weren't making fun of their sexual orientation or anything like that. It's just like, man, they were being a faggot. Yeah. People are just too scared to say fucking things yeah. now because you're completely correct with everything you're saying. If you don't, no, they stand out and get attacked. Talking about. 
Imagine now if Andrew Dice Clay appeared. Imagine oh Andrew God, Dice Clay right? coming through as a comedian now. He would be fucking hounded and destroyed. I think everyone's skin's just gotten a lot thinner. Oh, fuck. Yeah. All right. So, next one, boys. Uh, are there yeah. any values yeah, that that's you it. think are in danger of becoming extinct and why? And what can we do to stop it? Individualism. Yep, I was going to say independence, so mm. absolutely. That's a good one. Yeah. I'd, I'd say accountability. People find it way too easy just to fucking accept the fucking, the, not accept blame and shift down on to other people or basically. other things. Yeah. Yeah. So some of the biggest core values yes, yes. are... Yep. What about um, self-worth? I mean, they're changing. I don't think they're changing. We're, like, uh, uh, like the people's perception of them are mm-hmm. changing. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. That's it. I think people's um, self-worth is way based way, way, way too much on so, fucking once you online boil that down, and and you take crazy how many likes they get and on you Facebook boil or fucking that Instagram. Down, that's another and, big you know, problem, too. Get, get your concentrated form of it. What it is is they actually have no fucking self-respect, and they have no fucking – like, it's it, – it's sad. Yeah, not without – like it, it, their outlet, not without their – Exactly. If you're basing your self-worth and importance – on like how much likes and shit like that you get on social media and what people are saying about you where, then you're you're destined for failure. Oh, and that spills over into, into yeah, the real world each and every literally day. post a post. Unless <laughs> unless you're yeah. a bunch of guys I'm who want to seventy five listens on a podcast. You know what, Leo, this one, uh, the answer to this one was, I found it interesting because it's, I don't know if it even rates as a value, but I would say action. And specifically, I mean, like physical violence and the art of war. And I, as a, as a federale for, oh, yeah. for eight years, man, yeah. I saw a video of a TSA agent in some airport Ooh. somewhere and some lady starts smacking the shit out of her. Here's this, this older woman sitting on a podium and some chick starts just punching her face in, right? And in the video, you see three supervisors walk up and they're just like, ah, stop, stop it, stop, stop. And then finally, an off-duty cop jumps the fucking wall, takes this chick, smashes her face in the ground and puts her in handcuffs. Because these federal officers were so fucking afraid to put their hands on someone who was jeopardizing the life of their coworker. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's fucked in society. We need to be okay smacking the shit out of somebody who deserves it. Yep, absolutely. So perfect, Paul. We'll uh, we'll lead that into our next question. Oh yeah. In your opinions, is violence necessary? In what situations and why? Oh fuck yes. It is uh, absolutely necessary. I think that violence is absolutely necessary. Yeah. Yeah, and I. But at the same time, I don't think that means flying off the handle and just whooping the shit out of anybody. Like I think that there's a difference between necessary violence and bravado, of course, and created violence, you of know? course. Yeah. Yeah. Violence is situational, is what it is. It comes down to being situational. Yeah. And being self aware enough to know when to die. I don't believe in anything. I'm just here for the violence. (laughs) 
Better boy. <laughs> yes. I, actually, I have a patch. I can't remember who said it. Anakin <laughs> or Paul, you guys might might know who said this, but uh, I believe the quote went: "The biggest mistake humans made was forgetting they were animals." Like, if you look at at the animal kingdom, if a motherfucking fight needs to happen, a motherfucking fight happens. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, is that's always going to be us. I love the utopitarian idea of being able to solve our problems with talking and handshakes, but that's just not who the fuck right. we are as a society and as, you know, a species. Right. And oh, well, yeah. what's the quote? What's so, the quote from a, I believe it's from the Illidad. Like there, there is nothing or there's nothing bred that is weaker than man. Mm. Yep. I said, uh, I said violence well, is absolutely mm-hmm. necessary to protect or defend life. And then it gets tricky with the second part or <laughs> honor. Because then people can make their own decisions about what honor is, and sometimes that could be goofy as fuck. But what I'm saying is, like, if we're out somewhere and and somebody grabs your girl's ass, like, her life's not in danger, but he does need punch in the fucking mouth. Or to pay pay me my money. (laughs) (laughs) Or to give me them dollars. Oh, shit. You owe me some (laughs) buckets. Well... It's funny you say that one, Paul, because uh, that's yeah. actually well, uh, that is exactly right. Situation that led if you crack by up. nine dudes in a parking lot, <clears throat> so you know we were out at a bar, and I have a tendency Ooh. to be a little bit of a barroom hero. I Suck. sing a little too loud. I make friends with everybody. I like to do my thing. So I know a lot of people at the bar, and this girl that walked in, she was uh, she was like a promotional model for like Budweiser or something like that. We've been friends for a while, and this dude who was bigger than me just walks up with a wedding ring on his finger and smacks her on the ass as hard as he fucking can, Ooh. and, like, I could see that it hurt her. And so, like, I didn't even try to fight him. I just walked up, and I was like, hey, man, that was super fucking disrespectful. You should apologize and never do that again. And so, like, him and all of his friends, they, they were all bigger than me. I don't know what the fuck my drunk ass was thinking. <laughs> But, uh, you know, they started their shit, and the bouncer separated it. And I was like, hey, man, I said what I had to say. I'm going to go over and do my thing. And then I was leaving the bar, and sure as shit, all nine of them were waiting for me out in the parking lot. And I probably got the worst beatdown that I've ever had in my entire See, life. See, that's just some cowardice bullshit, though. You know what I mean? But like, and I, and, like, and, I honor you for standing your ground. This is the thing. All right, because with, with everything that we're talking about, the subject matter at hand, Leo, um, now yeah. – Say that exact situation again was to happen tomorrow. Same thing. I do the same thing. And I'm saying, you know, this this has, like, you know, the the beatdown has still happened. And so tomorrow the same thing happened again. Even the same guys. Would you do the same thing? Yep, but I'm taking the camera. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's. I love it. Also, like you know, because you're up to like, violence, okay, and you that's, know, what you, that's what you need to do. You need I'm to gonna, like, it you know, if it's me in this situation, of course, yeah, I'm gonna do it again too because they don't know that I'm fucking packing. Like, because I go outside and they all fucking line up, man. I just happen to have nine and one. <laughs> got got the grips, <laughs> You know, I got the shit kicked out of me. 
And then <laughs> they broke my nose. So I reset my nose and I stood up and I went over and tried to shake the guy's hand because A, I was drunk and B, it was a good fight and he kicked the shit out of me. <laughs> like, when did this happen, Leo? Oh, when did I get my driver's license picture renewed? It had to be three or four years. Oh, ago. okay, man. I was about to say, man, if this was recent, dude, like, hey, we's about to road trip. <laughs> hey, I man. love California. Because yeah. I bet that's one of us. Come on out, boy. Out nine of them. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it was like, <laughs> and then, so then, like, the next day, I go into the DMV. And like I, free, I just had to have something taken care of. I got two black eyes, a broken nose, and I went in like 15 minutes before our DMV closing because I knew I'd get right in and out. Well, the dude behind the counter was all pissed off that I was like trying to, you know, ruin his last 15 minutes of work. So he took one look at my face. He's like, "Hey, it's time for you to have a new uh, DMV picture." <laughs> I was like, "No, man, I I just had one like two weeks ago." He's like, "No, no, no, you need a new wrap me out." For some reason, I was just hoping you were going to say, like, it was the motherfucker from the bar. (laughs) (laughs) No, he actually, I found out where he worked and everything. I, you know, I had the whole crew ready to to rock and roll, but I just, I didn't see any point in perpetuating it at that point. I was like, you know, whatever. He thinks he's right. And no, no amount of me putting my fist in his face is going to change how he treats women or behaves. You can beat somebody bad enough to where, like, the next time they think about smacking a woman's ass, like, their their bones are going to start aching and shit. Very true. I got to say, I just feel like I've been looking at this whole thing the wrong way. Like, Danicus, I need you in my <laughs> life more, man. Everybody just broke up. Like, All right. <laughs> Leo, I got to say, mate, like regarding that situation, what I hear per our subject matter content tonight, everything you described about that situation from you offering peace in the interaction, you approaching the line of demarcation, you telling this dude that he was fucked and he needs to unfuck himself, like everything about that screams fucking masculinity. The fact that you tried to shake his hand afterwards, I just... You're the man in that situation. Some big motherfuckers might have smacked you around. That just makes them fucking Jersey Shore douchebags. Like, you were the man. That's what I see. I was trying to be, man. And, like, at that point, it wasn't about my reputation. It was about what Absolutely. Was and I think that Which rates, yeah. people don't think about what is bright enough anymore. They think about what is going to get them the most attention. See, thing, man. Like, reputation, your reputation, you can change that. Yeah. Like, but yeah. what's right and wrong is constant. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So any uh, any uh, you boys have a story of a time that sticks out in your mind where uh, you needed to man up? Did you rise to the occasion? Did you fall short? And what did you learn? Paul, we'll start with you. Man, I got a, I've got an instance of failure, and I just – really wasn't hard i didn't have to deliberate long to figure out what it was and it was uh just unfaithfulness like over the course of my life so uh, i've got the t-shirt i never want to have the t-shirt again but uh it is the pinnacle of uh of my life's failure like as far as the big failure of my life is having uh walked out unfaithfulness um and feeling so what did you learn from i learned that i never wanted to feel such things again 
I learned that uh, honesty and transparency are important in a love relationship. And uh, yeah, it's just fucked. Well, just being your friend, man, and seeing how you conduct yourself with the ladies in your life now, I can say that you've absolutely learned your lesson there. And you're probably one of the most transparent and open guys that I've ever met. So well, I really appreciate that, man. Hell yeah. But just to talk about that a little bit further, that just yeah. proves that, you know, the, the adage of once a cheater, always a cheater doesn't ring true. Like people can change. And it's not it's not always, you know, the fact you're a cheater or not a cheater. It's the fact that the situation or the relationship or whatever just wasn't the right timing. Things didn't work out. And what true words, might be man. true in one former relationship yeah, caveat isn't always going to be Adam's the reality in another like, relationship. I'm in complete agreement with that, um, you know, like, I, I hate that, that stigmatism of, like, you know, once a cheater, always a cheater. Like, that's that's not true. Like, in some cases, yes, it is. But the concept as a whole, no, it's not. And that applies to anything, really, because the only thing – you can the always- only constant we have is change. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, right. as, um, you know, like a cheater changing and stuff like that, it's they, they absolutely can. It's – they have to want to. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. That's it. The relationship that the person they I want to be with has to be worth the change and be what they want. Truly introspecting and like taking, you know, stock of who they are, where they're at in their own situation. Nobody wants to they self-aware in this world anymore. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they expect you know, the reactions that they get from their social media posts nope. to provide that for them. So people don't think that they have to do that. Anymore. Also, too, like, it may, maybe, like, I would say you're partially right on that, but I, I think the bigger truth to it is is uh, self-awareness for a lot of people out there is fucking terrifying. Absolutely. Because then they, they have to face yeah. what kind of piece of shit they really are. Yeah. Dude, there's been Dude, times I, in my I'm, life where I can even look at myself in the mirror, not because I was a fat piece of shit, but I just felt like I was a piece of shit. I did it yesterday. <laughs> you know, somebody uh, yeah. basically alluded to the fact that they uh, considered me a dirt bag, and I decided mm. to come home and drink to the point where I proved them right. Yeah. And, you know? Yeah, I mean, it happens. We all just, And that's the other thing is, like, know your flaws. Fuck them. And either change or fucking at least know that you're the problem <laughs> so and, and it really all right yeah, uh, again that fucking simple but like nobody thinks it is they're like oh you know easier said than done but it, it really is that easily done you know yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> all right Gannicus, how about you tell us about a, a situation in your life yeah oh man uh <laughs> Man, my life. No, <laughs> um, uh, when I got home from my last appointment, man, like I, I walked like right into a freaking like divorce and all kinds of shit. And then, uh, you know, instead of like handling it and you know trying to put my my best, the best me forward, um, I was like, fuck this, man. Like, and I, and I gave up, man. I, I, like. Really, like, I, I gave up on everything. Like, I gave up on life even, really. Like, I wasn't – like, 
I wasn't suicidal. Like I wasn't, you know, like sitting there fucking gnawing on a fucking, you know, on the business end of a fucking, you know, a gap piece, you know? Yeah. It was just ambivalent. Like I, I literally every day, I, I, from the moment my eyes opened until they closed again, I, I had a drink in my hand. Like, you know, normally actually I would wake up because I, I would only get an hour, 30 minutes to an hour of sleep every night. Um, and it wouldn't even really be sleep. Um, I would finally just black out and I'd wake up with a beer yeah. in my still. And fuck, well, that's my first beer for the day. Um, the, the girl I was dating at the time, actually, you know, um, she lived with me. And, I mean, she actually kind of saved my ass, really. Um, she drove me into work every day, like, so I didn't have to drive through the gate on Bragg drunk. And then after formation, she would drive my drunk ass right back home because, like, I, I was home early because I got hurt. Um, and then when everybody got back, I was still on, like, dead man profile and this and that. Nobody was really tracking me. So, like, I, dude, I barely went into work, like, active duty army for almost, for like, a year. Like, I'd say I went to fucking work a total of, like, two weeks out of a year. And, like, I just, and I knew I was spiraling down. I knew I was losing everything, but I was too afraid to stand up and put a stop to it because I thought it was going to just be too hard. Yeah. And then, so what changed? I, I woke up one day and I, I got tired of being drunk. Like, yeah, like five years of my life went by, like uh, just uh, as like a complete, like still to this day, man. Like out of that five years, like I, I remember bits and pieces of it, but like, um, it was just it's all a drunken haze, really. Um, and I. Man, like, I, I couldn't fucking continue doing that. Like, doing that to my family, like, my daughter. Um, I, I, I finally just, like, snapped out of it and realized, like, dude, I, I, I did, I guess, the, uh, the, the manly thing, you know, and I, I, I let that self-awareness come to light, and, and I dealt with it, you know what I mean? And, and I'm still paying for it to this day. Um, but like I, I, I'm accountable for it. Like I'll sit here and I'll tell anybody and everybody all the shit that I pull and everything that I did. Like, I, I'm, I'm ashamed of, it. and it's not. I'm ashamed of myself for allowing myself to be that way when I had the power to do anything but. Right. You know what I'm saying? And not only did I have the power, like. Yeah, I knew that I was doing wrong. Like, and sometimes I, that's the worst part. Like the entire time, I knew that I was fucking up. Because you know, a lot of people don't realize, like, especially in a situation like that, they don't realize that they're down spiraling or anything like that. They they think that they still have a hand on the wheel or whatever, and this and that. Man, like, dude, I was self. I was aware of what the fuck was going on the entire time. I was just too big of a bitch to do anything about it. So, that's my little piece. Yeah. So, what was your, uh, uh, what's your lesson? My lesson? That you learned. Uh, yeah. Man, that, 
the lesson as a whole, man, like we, we can talk about that for the next month, but I would have to say um, <laughs> the, the overall the most important piece uh, to take away from it is, man, like, don't be a bitch. Like, seriously, yeah. self-accountability. Um, it's good shit. Yep. Yeah. That's basically what thing in me yeah, is. Don't be a fucking bitch. Fall be down, accountable. Stand you know, by what you want and be self-aware. Yeah, stand the fuck back up, rub some dirt on it, and carry the fuck I've on. Seen, like, I've had a world of people, like, I don't know. It, it varies, too. Like, yeah, I, right. I had a lot of people who saying they were trying to help me or would have helped me. In all actuality, I don't think I did. Um, you know, because everybody wants to say, like, oh, if you need something, call me. Uh and it's not well, there. and I think people like that was their they disease. feel like mm-hmm. they they were there for somebody. Just people get the feeling like, yeah, I was there for somebody. But uh, yeah, actually, yeah, in all they, actuality, I think I was like that alone in that shit. But yeah, uh, the the biggest fucking uh, the person that I felt the most in the midst of all that was myself because I could have helped myself at any time. I just, sure. I just didn't like. I, I don't know, man. Like that, that, that's still kind of a. It well, I, it's not hard for me to talk about. Like, I, like I said, I mean, I'm just sat here and called myself a bitch. You know what I'm saying? But it, it's, it's still something I haven't fine tuned as far as like being able to say it like, well. I still kind of like stagger through it because like there's still like a lot of haze and a lot of regret there. Well, I think that's important too, man. Is like you know, the job's never done. Not as long as you got a pole. Yes, yeah, so we're always gonna, yeah, we're always gonna be getting through shit. We're always gonna be becoming better. Oh, sometimes here, here's a process of going down. Biggest takeaway from that, and for I, I would say the biggest takeaway I'd want everybody else to take from it is realizing that happiness is not where you're at in your life or a place you're gonna go in your life. Happiness is a way of going through life. It, it's it's your transportation through life, not your destination. I like it. Damn, brother. Fuck yeah. Like, <laughs> a lot of people, like man, when I get here and Ooh. I have this, or when I get through this to this point, I'll finally be happy there. Those people are always destined to fail because you will never get there. But it's There's always going to be something else. And you didn't enjoy the trip. Exactly. So you, it, it's and all the everything that we do that what all this life is about, man, is enjoying the fucking trip. Absolutely, man. All right, Adam. What about you? Tell us an experience. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the first thing that came to mind for me was probably um, when I was between jobs. At one stage of my life, it happened a few times. I actually had three Christmases in a row where I was let go or dropped off. And it was pretty fucking hard because my daughter was pretty young. So I was a single dad, which is fucking, you had to find the time like to sack up and, and support your daughter any way you can, you know, taking whatever work right. or job you could do, no matter how outside it was of your normal wheelhouse of what you do. Um, 
putting the needs of others first before yourself. Like, fuck, man, I, I went from a $160,000 a year job to fucking cleaning people's toilets, you know, just because I wanted to provide for my daughter. Um, and that's the big thing about being a man. Life isn't always about you and you just got to man up and do it for the ones that you love. Be it your partners, your child, your brothers or sisters, what it needs doing, you got to get shit done. So that's probably was the biggest life lesson for me was, um, yeah, um, just the hardship of finding work and still trying to be a good dad and so still you provide and right actually away, mentally be a good dad. It's fucking is rough. The epitome of being a man. Fuck, I don't yeah. know what is. Exactly. <laughs> well, I was almost down to the point Damn where it. I was going to start, you know, slinging my asshole around pain. on the corner and. You know, thank God that didn't happen. <laughs> Damn it. Hey, look, for oh, you, it's I, free. I, always know hey, man, I got a whole mess of You know what they say, but it's not gay if you leave your socks on. So, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I got an electrical table where I go so I can take Don't them gay if back. You push back. See, that's the thing about me. I don't have no, to worry about that because my about shit, penis, like, man, like you can have a micro dude and big like, like, have balls, you know what I'm saying? Very little balls. <laughs> oh. He's built. Oh, man, no, no, no. My balls are tiny, like have, aerodynamic. I'm sleek. Have you thought like, about maybe being an Olympic swimmer? Has the lines of like a fucking. Yeah, I'm, I'm like. A, <laughs> uh, but. With the counter yeah, of how know, like, short arm, aerodynamic you are and how like, well. less much I would say less drag you would have, dude. Like I imagine you'd cut right through the water. <laughs> well, my dick is is shaped very much. It has a very same profile as an F thirty five. You know the, the the fucking ears are tucked up. I'm very sleek. I'm very aerodynamic. It's all shaft. <laughs> Yeah, I got a small dick for the fast Nate ass. McKernley. That's it. It's fucking, it's all fucking, you see the little dick and there's like this fucking shockwave, airwave oh. coming behind it. He's like Aquaman. Oh, all right, boys. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Haruka. <laughs> 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 Like it's like fucking Street Fighter with the big sonic booms coming. <laughs> Round one, fight! Anyway. Um, all right, guys. Well, uh, we, uh, we anyway. pretty much covered everything That's that we wanted to hit today. So uh, let's go into closing remarks. How does everyone feel? You know, is there any uh, saved rounds? Did we miss anything that we want to, you know, make sure that the audience has? And then uh, before we sign out, Adam... I want you to grab a couple of questions from the uh, anonymous Q&A, and then we will answer those as a group. Ooh, fantastic, fantastic. All right. Um, I want to just open those closing yeah. remarks and just cover how thankful I am that people actually took the fucking time to listen to us. It shocked the fuck out of me. I was really expecting maybe 10, maybe 15 listens, yeah. somewhere around yeah, that. And yeah, it's up around that 80 mark so now. It's Adam's fucking impressive. Absolutely right. Thank you guys so much for giving us it's... your time. Mm. Oh my I, God. I just Pandemic. hope the podcast spreads the way that Paul's herpes spreads. <laughs> 
this. <laughs> Just keeps going. Sexual <laughs> uh, omnivore. Paul, you got any closing remarks, buddy? I, uh, I'm just thankful to uh, have discussed something as important as what it is to be a man with uh, three such amazing men as yourselves. And also, of course, thank you to the listeners. You guys are fantastic for, for tuning in. It means a lot. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Giannikis? Um, I got a list here, though. So, like, first, I, I want to thank Jesus and uh, – I want to thank my producers. Um, I want to. I want to thank Snoop Dogg. <laughs> oh, oh, that's not what we're doing. Shit, my bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, guys. I keep my face. <laughs> like I can touch it, but I can't like feel it on the inside. No, I got you. <laughs> Uh, no, for real, like, um, everybody listening or that's going to listen to this, well, like we really appreciate um, you guys taking the time out of your day to listen to us just sit, sit here and like chuck, like chat back and forth and cackle like some hens in, a, in the hen house, you know what I'm saying? But um, I, I am very grateful to have a guys to talk about these subjects with and talk about them on an intelligent level versus just like some banter back and forth and yeah we cut up a little bit and this and that but um i am very grateful to have also the support system that we have like within each other yeah so and also again i would like to thank snoop dog <laughs> yeah kid <laughs> you know what in, in all fairness uh you just reminded me of something Shut adam up. and i were talking about over the course of the week which was uh time like the gift of, of time is the fucking greatest thing you can bestow upon someone's if some you know 33 some odd minutes or this time's going to be close to an hour it just amazes me putting the sex wrong if you think time is the greatest gift you can bestow upon somebody <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on you. I think those fuckers going to be asking us for a refund. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just over here wondering if uh, that bitch ever got out of Catch me on that. Oh. Dude, I've been out of the ages for a while. I'm saying, like, <laughs> does anybody really know him like that? Fuck, fuck <laughs> oh, shit. All right, guys. So, yeah, so, it's awesome that you guys are taking the time to listen. We really do hope that we make your day a little bit better. Like I said in episode one, sometimes the topics that we cover are going to be funny, and it's just going to be a bullshit sesh. Other times, we're really going to try and dive into something deep. But it's nothing without you guys. So make sure that if you got something that you want to hear us talk about or anything like that, you get in touch with one of us. Everyone's DMs are always open. Go ahead and slide on in. You don't even have to ask permission first. And uh, speaking of audience engagement, why don't we go ahead and jump into answering some of the questions that were posted this last week. Adam, you have the floor.
<clears throat> well, thank you very much. All right. So this comes from uh, one of our our, um, our listeners who uh, wrote into us this week and allow me to um, get into it. <clears throat> okay, this one's quite a, di- a doozy, okay? <laughs> Dear Horseman. <laughs> Dear Horseman, I've been dating my girlfriend for about three years and we've done pretty much everything sexually. However, she won't let me eat her ass. That's ass. And I love eating ass so fucking much. But every time I ask, she says no or blocks me from that ass eating. What should I do? Should I break the fuck up with her or accept that I huh. may never, ever eat That's ass simple. again in my life? Stop asking. Eat. Yeah. <laughs> right? Re- respect her sexual preference, man. Like, you guys talk it out. She's not about it. You know? Ass just, eating fucks off. Yeah. Fucking just <laughs> <laughs> hey man nope fuck that get her drunk and uh, she's getting her ass eating, drop a little tip of the tongue all right you know i mean you may only get a, a little taste here and there but it's exactly. better exactly right? you know what i'm saying like you might only get a piece of the pie not the whole thing man but <laughs> it's enough to stay beggars can't be choosers actually do not listen to any paul's advice uh, i'm just saying <laughs> you get enough you nerd you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I feel that you could eat all the ass you wanted if you had the right amount of duct tape or paracord handy. Like when just you ask her, how tie that fucker like off and, and eat that ass and then deal with the consequences later. Yeah. But what sort of little bitch man is asking can I please eat your ass? You just fucking devour into that fucking thing. Well, we don't know how this came about, though. Like, maybe he tried. He tried to slip a tongue mid-oral, drop a low, went for the asshole, and she was just like, no, I'm not about it. You know? So maybe that was already, like, a a, a described comfort zone, you know? And so it's like, I don't know. Yeah, but you just keep. Yep, there it is. We can't answer your question. We weren't provided with enough information. <laughs> Negative knowledge. She Intel is lacking. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay, so we, we did get some other questions. I hadn't actually prepared them because I mm. thought that one would take up a fair bit of time. But another question we actually got oh. was fuck catfishing yeah. stories. Dude, not, I caught a blue channel. <laughs> I've never been catfish, oh, but I get accused of being a catfish a lot, well, um, which is strange because I'm not that fucking pretty. That's a bullshit lie. I'm still not fucking. Well, yeah, yeah, you are. That's Hollywood elite wrong. motherfucker. Fake fucking news motherfucker. Looking like Tom Hardy and fucking what's his name? Ooh, Tom Hardy crossing the motherfucker from 21 Jump Street as if they fucking put that cum in a baby fucking kind of thing and mix it up. He's going to eat my ass if you guys keep talking. And you will not say no. <laughs> three tongues down there poking away. Be like three dogs Whoa, don't touch me there. three puppies fighting over the same fucking nipple on our mama. I can see you in counseling afterwards. Like, show me on the doll where he touched you. <laughs> me down there with my aerodynamic dick. 
Everywhere. But Adam, you have a pretty intense catfishing story. Everywhere. <laughs> At this point in time, it'd be... Yeah, I, I got catfished pretty hard by a motherfucker, uh, fucking a bitch that actually looked like she'd eaten the bitch that um she was meant to be. And, well, it, it went on for a few months. It was like when I was freshly coming out of my divorce and let's say I was a little bit um fragile and a little bit tender and vulnerable, I suppose you could say. And this motherfucker, she watched for a while, developed enough income and made me believe she was something like... It was you when no I was idea. very new to Facebook groups also, you know, like, you know, when you first get in those Facebook groups, when you're not really used to them and you've got no fucking idea and this bitch come out of nowhere, she was, looked like she was going to be hot and she was meant to live at like fucking Huntington Beach or something like that. And it was all a load of shit. Like I should, I, I kind of started working it out oh. and telling me she was rich <laughs> and she'd bought herself a new watch. It was like a Casio. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we fly in with no rich watch. It's got this freaking calculator on it, bro. But anyway, <laughs> fucking... <laughs> this watch goes around my fucking ankle. <laughs> anyway, so the, the fucked up part was like, so um, her oh, name, her fake name, the fucked up part Brianna, was, is you, you just went with it anyway. Breezy Romano. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, 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 hold on, hold on. The fucked up part we're getting to. So she was like, oh, I've got, you know, a couple of kids, which, you know, I, I went past that part. Um, I've, um, and then yeah, you'd hear funny. the kids in the background, and the kids would actually be calling her by her fake catfish name. And she also would say, and she goes, oh, my brother Cody's here right now. And oh, my Cody God. So she was catfishing. And he would call her by her catfish name. <laughs> she was kind of sure she, the whole she wasn't was like these kids the didn't know thing. like they that she did. wasn't their mom like, and they the were getting catfished then... too <laughs> oh man her real name is Emily Brown I'll look up Emily Brown up. on um, Facebook and the first and one I find fucking I'm like you fucking dirty bitch <laughs> yep I'm gonna look her up and send her a picture of my butthole there it is you dirty motherfucking hoe. I will actually. I think what we might do is on the Instagram, I might actually, um, we might actually put I up the, the um, perception versus look reality of what she was meant to look like and what she really looked like. So we ended up, we ended up busting her down and she'd been at it for about eight years. And the fucked up part was like, she'd, um, she'd post up like, Oh, a dear friend of mine today joined the 22. He was a Marine, whatever. And she'd, post up a picture and everyone feels sorry. Turned out the picture of this Shit. Marine, the motherfucker was still alive. He didn't know he was meant to be dead. He was meant to have killed himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, that is it was just fucked. She was crazy as fuck. And yeah, like, um, yeah. She... And yeah, so we busted that out. And I, I actually, it turned out pretty well for me because my actual, my, my uh, partner now, my future wife, the beautiful Asia Cotton is actually, so many times, many more Hashtag beautiful winning. than what my catfish was meant to be, and her vagina hasn't been wrecked by childbirth yet, so I'm winning. What about you, Gannicus? You ever been catfish? It's a little bit off topic, but... <laughs> Dude, I keep waiting, man. Like, I keep waiting like for that like day Fuck. to come, because I'm it. just going to roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm oh, gonna, yeah. Like, I'm going to get on fucking on Snapchat you, and just I don't put Snapchat. that fucking face-changing app on and make myself into one pretty bitch. <laughs> phone, dude, like, people send me snaps every day. Oh, well, I'm going to be like... And I have, like, I probably, like, see- four years of, like, unopened snaps. One <laughs> <laughs> of these days, we should get drunk and go through your snaps Ooh. together. That would be an interesting <laughs> That would be interesting. I, 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 I guarantee it. Like, there's no telling what the fuck's in there. Tits and pussy up there everywhere. <laughs> what about you, Paul? You've been tapped. Oh, goodness, yeah. Um, so, I think I've been... Paul, I mean, been still gave them I've been more emotionally catfished, but there have been some physical experiences as well. Uh, there was a lady. She came up to Louisville uh, from, like, southern Kentucky. And when I say like I, I wasn't rude to her in any way, but it was just so shocking how someone can come across in photos one way. And then when you meet them and I'm telling you, I'm telling you straight up, like I could discern the level of discomfort because she expected it. Like he like is about <laughs> to realize this is not what he special ordered, you know. So to see her, it was just like I, I just could not believe what was exemplified in photo and what stood before me. And I was very cordial towards her. I was polite, but. When it came to after the show and like, hey, so we're going back to the hotel. You want to come here? Nope. Have a good night. I'm going to drink beers and Uber home. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I did not. There was there was no catfish sex. So what you're saying is you fucked her in the car park. No. <laughs> really, but dude, what you, really what happened was, was you got 75 cents extra for Kentucky. free from what you were expecting. Body mats. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes, you ready to come Ooh. up to my room? She's like, no, thanks, bye. <laughs> you know, I get a little bit of Damn. <laughs> Ate that ass anyhow. <laughs> you know, you know, my balls there going, my dick is... <laughs> and he's looking, he's looking you know at her, he's going, my up a dick is way too small for this fucking job. I am very fucking honest. So, like, when people license. are like, how long's your dick? Nope. And I'm like, well, I, I think Sam Marie asked me that in the group law. And I was like, not very big. You know, so if I'm being fucking honest with you, <laughs> you better not show me fucking supermodel shit and then show up looking like a fucking sumo wrestler. Nope. Or else we're going to have some shit in issues. Man. Unless you want herpes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, here's a good I've question. Not, let's no. let's sort of get off topic because what's a little the fucking point? The, yeah. sort of the goal is for her to experience a cock, and so she'd be all let down and shit, man. Like that's not the 18 inch thing. Well, I mean, I just <laughs> there's, I feel like I there's so much disappointment Dude, on the planet the anyway. Thing, I don't want to be responsible directly for the, that lie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I can. I'm going to put my hand up and say yes. I, I had the ability to talk fish women. I have done it. I have done it in the past because I have a tiny little marsupial dick. But the key behind cockfishing someone is it's all about perspective and about getting um, oh, what's the thing like fucking props in right. So <laughs> if I want you to think I've got a big dick, I'll get like my dick next to a can of coke. But if one of those little mini cans of coke, you know, a little fucking mini bar fridge. Or I'll have like 
Well, yeah. <laughs> or I will put my dude, like, no, I'm not gonna have I'll put my dick like, next to one of those photo little bars so you get in the motels, the hotels. Or if I'm <laughs> Lead all these no, apps no, no, now. I'm, I'm going to uh, save so much storage room to take more pictures. Really, really want to get there? I'll get the. This is right, you know. Yannick, is the best thing you can possibly use, man, is you can get oh, in dude, there and dude, get some of those little mini Oreos and put like a dozen of them along your dick. It looks like you've got a monster. And two hundred and forty pounds. My hands are fucking huge. So if I'm going to send a dick pic, I'm going to make sure that my hands around that thing because it's going to make it come across as small, and then they're pleasantly surprised when they meet me. So it's like reverse. I like it. <clears throat> That's right. That is the thing. You talk the dick down, and you go, you know, I've got a exactly. fucking two-inch dick, and then when like, you turn up with three inches, they're like, oh, that's not strange. At least since now. <laughs> <laughs> Back when you had to wind up the camera. <laughs> no, like you had to telegram a bitch a picture of your dick. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Polaroids and shit, mailing them. Well, here's my question. This is a two-prong fucking thing or statement, I should say. How the fuck do guys in jail send out dick pics? To that pr- that bitches they meet, yeah. you know, fucking when they're writing huh. to them, you'd have to get your dick hard and trace around it on an A4 paper. And that'd be a prison dick pic. Mm. And imagine Braille dick yeah, pics. Imagine if you're a chick like, and someone no, sends you a Braille, Braille dick pic. <laughs> Run that hand along those. <laughs> it should be. That's why, like, man, Holly, if you ever hook up with a blind chick, man, like, you like, wow, I can't believe you wrote this on your penis for me. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. No, but that's always, and as the pattern changes, it moves, it shifts from, like, haiku to just, like, general poetry, like, prose, verse. You know, it's like, sometimes it's it's the lyrics to the Sesame Street song. Like, there's a lot of shit going on down there. Fuck. It's like one of those banners. Big pentameter, like, keeping the fucking steady flow, you know? <laughs> bitch would be tuck- touching their dick that's covered in herpes and they'd be like I didn't know you're Asian no I'm not well, why do you have fucking Chinese word fucking brailed on your dick why does the podcast yeah. always go back always fucking herpes <laughs> we, this joke is not going to go away mm, it keeps coming back because <laughs> it keeps- this, this conversation is like herpes it just doesn't go away all right, for, uh, Adam, we got time for one more. <clears throat> oh. Okay, one more. Oh, one more we no. have yeah. is, have you ever cheated in a relationship? I can honestly Good say night. no. Good I can night. honestly yep. I haven't dated as much as a lot of people would probably think I have. Really? Gannicus, what would you say? Really? I, I can honestly say no as well. Awesome. Yeah, Look no, I, I, Adam, we're we're bag sleuths. <laughs> we're sleuths, man. Fuck. Off. See now, I feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> fucking old sleuth, mate. Yeah. Oh, I'm a sleuth. <laughs> I'm a fucking sleuth straight down the side. A sleuth. <laughs> oh. Yeah. No, I feel definitely feel like a hoe now. I've definitely done it. I've definitely done it. Like. Fuck. I was so hey, hoping you guys were like, yeah, fuck yeah, that would make me right? feel so much better. 
Yeah, see, that's a fair question. Show, because the what do you guys define as fucking cheating, about? <laughs> Any situation, your ass should not be in. That's what I say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. here if, we go. You can't so, ask tell you? your significant other yeah. about something that you did, a conversation you had or something like that, then you've you crossed the line. Boom. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. There are a lot of conversations we have. There. Honestly, my my opinion about it is about as well. If we you have about. any sort of emotional um, yeah. attachment to somebody or something like uh, along those lines, that that's cheating. Yeah. Yeah. It, it can absolutely. Be, the conversation. I personally think it could be emotional cheating is worse than physical cheating. Mm. I'd rather someone on the emotional aspect of it, like emotionally connected like, to someone. That's when I emotion. said no, like I hadn't cheated on anybody, like physically, like I've never like cheated on anybody, like I've never had sex with another person while I was in the relationship. Um, but I have found. Well, I, I can't say that I have because of that emotional connection before. Sure. I did not. Yeah, I'd say the same thing. I've had conversations that um, I did not pursue it or anything like that. Mm. And I'm not even saying it, wasn't a, it was a conversation I should have had. It's just I, I found myself like emotionally drawn to somebody else. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> like. I think it stands well, to reason, you, any, to make so, you, feel pretty. you know, an affair or like, you know, unfaithfulness or whatever, it doesn't just end up where you're fucking someone on a beach in Greece. So anything, anything that, that led up to that moment, that's already an adulterous action. The, the fucking eyes, the conversations, the words, the messages, like all the bullshit, like it all fucking rates, you know, from now on though, I'm only considering cheating is if I'm having sex with somebody else on a beach in Greece. <laughs> yep, Paul set the standard. <laughs> See, exactly. I, fucking Paul's done a lot for the city, and I fucking open fucking the floodgates now, bro. Greece. Like, nope, I've never cheated on anybody. I'm not about to either. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Nope. I'm banned from Greece. I don't think I'm even allowed yeah. in Greece. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think this is probably a, a good spot to end it. Good set, boys. All righty. Well, you got something against Greece? Everybody? <laughs> Outstanding. Stay tuned for episode three. <laughs> oh, shit. And shepherds we shall be for thee, my lord, for thee. Power hath descended forth from thy hand, that may swiftly carry out thy command. So we shall flow river forth to thee, and teeming with souls shall it ever be. In nomine patri, it feeli, spiritus sante.